Welcome back, everybody, to the Dusty Bender Podcast, episode 100, coming at you, or season two, episode one, depending on how you look at it. That's how I'm looking at it. Could it could be, could be that one. I am one of your hosts, Chance Watson, with you, as always, your other host, Taylor Wells. Uh, Taylor, you think we ever make it to 100 episodes? I did not. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought we'd burn this sucker to the ground at, like, five really yeah i don't know really and I, I and we had so much success at episode five i think that was like a tortorella gimp suit or something like that there you go no i i always kind of had this feeling i mean you know where we just this is the shit this is what we text about every freaking day yeah. of our lives so we might as well just record our angelic voices talking about it so no, it makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it totally makes sense. Um, I am just, I'm, I'm very excited to be here uh, doing this show with you and and being able to talk hockey and drink and drink some beers while you're at it. Uh, today's actually, today's actually coffee. I uh, had a late hockey, had a late beer league game last night, so I'm trying to, trying to keep the energy going. But uh, fucking quitter, dude. Oh, dude fuck it. So many hours in the day, man. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, definitely excited to be here. Definitely. Uh, anybody who's been with us since the beginning, we know we have a couple listeners out there. Uh, thanks for sticking along for the ride. I know it's been some ups and downs, but boy, oh boy, has it been a ride. And uh, we're excited to have you here. And uh, for those who are just tuning in, those who are just new to the show, welcome. Welcome to the show that never ends. We'll be doing this until one of us dies. Jeez, that was fucking morbid. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it'll definitely, like, uh, honestly, you know. Be coming to you on my, fucking, uh, uh, we'll be, there'll be a hologram of us from our nursing homes talking about how uh, no one's going to beat Connor McDavid's scoring record. There you go. Connor McDavid's still going to be playing. <laughs> he's going to be like 65, just fucking still dangling. He's just, he's just walking everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Guys have for like we've gone through this you know uh, this peak of like super fast skilled players and then you know in twenty years we're back down to just the absolute fucking goons. Yeah. just slower than shit. McDavid's still running around out there. Just walking. He's got two. He's got his two wingers are just fucking like Lucic's kid and Tom Wilson's fucking grandchild. He's beaten every single one of uh, one of Wayne Gretzky's uh, records, but yet still doesn't have a cup because he's still with Edmonton. <laughs> Poor guy. The greatest, the greatest one. Wells, what do you think? You think he's gonna get it this year? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody bring me a pudding. I'm I'm over sixty <laughs> in my in my predictions of Connor McDavid and the Oilers making the <laughs> winning the cup. So might as well stick with it. At this point, they just he just wants to die. Like he can't, they just it's won't let him me. out of his contract. Just kill me. Put me in net, dude. Shoot pucks at me. I need... Just end this. Yeah. God, I hope so. That's how he looks so but 100, 100 episodes, Chance. Do you have a favorite? Man, you were asking me that the other day, and we, we have had some ones where we just go on nonstop, just, just going down fucking rabbit holes, and those are probably the favorite ones that I have. Um, I don't know. It's hard to narrow, narrow one down in particular. I remember some of the early days when we were... We would uh, talk shit about um, like the process of how the Kraken were coming in. Those were pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and then also all of our trade deadline episodes are always a fun, always a blast. Yeah. 
uh god it's it's hard to narrow it down to a single one but uh yeah there's there's definitely be some ones where i'm walking away like my face fucking hurts because i'm laughing so hard yeah i had some forgettable ones you know there's just some that we were just shit faced yeah right? <laughs> um you know but i think i think one of the ones that just kind of stands out that i think it's just it's so different than the other ones and it's just funny is this uh episode 36 strip club announcement yes and it was just, you know, shortly after my Vegas trip. And that's all you kept saying to me. And like, you just, uh, yeah. And and listening back through it. Holy fuck. It's and next on the stage. Come, like, yeah. Coming to the stage. <laughs> Taylor Wells. Yeah. I think, I think that's pro- probably one of the, well, probably one of my favorites. It's actually one that gets a lot of hits for that's us. pretty too. good. I actually, I actually don't know what, what it has. Strip, strip club announcer sounds like. I've never been to one in my entire life. So that's good for you. Yeah. Man. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, way to stay strong. Uh, <laughs> never, never seen one actually. I don't even, I don't even. It's like, uh, you know that, you know that song, "Running Up a Hill." Yeah, yeah. There's a. I don't know if it's a real interview or not, but they sat down with the lady who sings it. And like, what, what was your inspiration for the song "Running Up a Hill"? And she's like, "Well, it's funny you say that because a lot of people, they think it's actually about physically running up a hill. I don't. Even, I've never even seen a hill before." The f- fucking, fucking host is like. What do you mean you've never seen a hill? There's there's one right outside the window. Take a look. And she goes, no, I won't be doing that. Please continue the interview without any more hill-related questions. And he just sits there. He's like, I don't think I can. <laughs> so many questions. Yeah. Well, how have you never seen a hill? Uh, no, it's good shit. So uh, similar similar concept here. Yeah. I I have been to a few. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Uh, none in none in North Idaho though. So maybe maybe that's the thing is you just you have you know there's no options up there for you. But uh, yeah, it's it's a little sad. I got to be honest with you. Like that's you know it's a little sad. Not only because I'm spending my money on it, right? Uh, watching my dollar bills, sure. literally watching them fly away. You ever been to one in North uh, Idaho? Huh? I haven't been to one in North Idaho. No. Oh, okay. No. All right. I've uh, been to a, uh, a fucking rural town out in Kansas. One that's an that's an interesting uh-huh. story for another. Day. So so the one that we went to in North Idaho that doesn't count. Which one did we go to? Oh, we did go. To <laughs> oh Jesus! I totally forgot. Oh, that's where fucking buckwheat was trying to take pictures and, and uh, got fucking booted. And then he's like, and then I went out and talked to him in the in the parking lot, and he's like, I don't know why they kicked me out. I'm like, you fuck. As he gets into dude. a fight with somebody in the parking lot. Yeah, some other dude that was also taking pictures. That's the creepiest. That's the creepiest fight ever. Yeah, that that was just a very strange night. That's so bizarre. That was uh, Ale Trail night. That I, well, I don't think that was Ale Trail. I think that was just a spontaneous trip up from Moscow. Sure. Whole that whole senior year was a blur. So I typed in strip club. Okay. <laughs> That'd be just good. To, just to find just to find the episode thirty six. Sure. Um, actually a lot more, there's an Iggy Azalea song called I Am the Strip Club. I Am, so, I am the Strip Club. Yeah. And then there's one, uh, cause I typed in strip club announcer after that, just to get the actual episode. And there's one called no refunds parentheses at the strip club announcer mix. Oh, so boy. there is actually a song. If you type in strip club announcer, that will come up. Okay. Well, glad. by gas face. That sounds like a perfect name for a strip club song. It does. Gas face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we doing? I don't know. Are we talking about hockey this episode? Something. I don't know. You think you just compared maybe fucking strip club experiences? Sure. Holy shit. There was this time down in Portland. Just kidding. 
<laughs> uh, I mean, there was a time so, in Portland when we played Portland State, but you know. Yeah, longest armpit hair I've ever seen. Long, longest, longest the Guinness Book of World Records, really. Yeah, it was braided. <laughs> swung around, swung around by it actually. That's <laughs> yes, what made them interesting. <laughs> you're paying, you're paying for the, uh, for the, for the entertainment. That's entertainment value. Mm, there it is. Speaking of entertainment value, uh, once again, uh, if you guys are listening to the show, if you're new to the show, please subscribe or like or follow us on whatever podcatcher that you listen in on. We really appreciate that. Leave a nice review if that is the case, if you have that option on whatever podcast you're listening in on. We really appreciate those, and it helps us get noticed, and it helps our advertisers uh, be happy with us, and then we actually get money, and we don't hate ourselves for doing the show all the time. I love myself for doing the show all the time, but I mean, money doesn't hurt. Money, money definitely doesn't hurt. Even if it's uh, as our as our uh, network host puts it, just beer money. Yeah, but, you know it is. But it is. hey, but beer money's beer money, and it's important. That's right. Uh, speaking That's right. of our uh, network overlords, the Hockey Podcast Network, everybody, uh, the Hockey uh, Dusty Bender Dusty Better Podcast joined the Hockey Podcast Network not too long ago, and we are excited to be a part of the show, being a part of the team. Shout out to uh, both Kyle and Dylan. Those guys are absolute beauties. They're just total gems. Um, happy to be a part of, of the team and uh, really, really starting to get to know a lot of the folks in the podcast network. We're already trading messages on Facebook with uh, the Devil's Mind podcast. Uh, keeping up with the Krakens, uh, also also pretty cool. But uh, loving loving more to uh, to reach out and make some more connections with those folks. Happy to do it. And if you guys are interested in any of those, uh, jump on over to the Hockey Podcast Network where you can subscribe to all of those podcasts. Yep. Also, shout out to the Hub Tavern, the mm-hmm. best bar on the Anchor Alliance, best hockey bar in Spokane by a long shot. Uh, the Hub Tavern's been there for damn near a hundred years, and they are oh. they are home of the special beers for Beneers. Where a fatty for Maddie. There you go. So if you if you are in the bar, win Maddie Beneers scores a goal for the Seattle Kraken. Everybody in the bar gets, I believe, two dollar beers for a certain amount of time. I could be wrong Oof. on that, but I know there's definitely a discount. So if you are swinging through Spokane, stop by the Hub Tavern. It is your home away from home. Absolutely love that place. It's been actually too long since I've been in there. Probably need to stop in and have a beer. Pick a week. It's <laughs> it's too long. It's, uh, yeah, it's last Wednesday I was in there, but uh, yeah, having withdrawal. It's too long. I, I haven't I haven't had shit talk to me uh, from Dave in in over over a week. So what's what's their what's their go to like meal? Like I, I love a good chicken sandwich. Oh, if you make yeah. it as spicy as yeah. possible, they they got they got they got hot dogs on a rotating rotisserie dude you get enough fucking beers for beneers scores four goals and i'm fucking slamming (laughs) hot dogs with popcorn hot dogs and popcorn that is what they have there they have hot dogs and popcorn uh they 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 are just uh, beer and wine no no hard alcohol but uh Mm -hmm. if if that is your poison you can find many uh uh, close establishments that offer said refreshments um, and they're and they're pretty easy about it. You can always bring food in too. I've I've had many a pizzas there and whatnot. So um, yeah, definitely. I mean it keeps it keeps the uh, it keeps the riffraff out. It does. You know what I mean? It does definitely. Well, when, and when we're in Spokane, uh, there definitely can be some riffraff. Mm, mm-hmm. It does. It does happen. Half the town. 
this love walking up next to my work uh, in spokane and seeing aluminum foil on the ground with burn marks on nice it. love that <laughs> so good uh, little pop cans with or little soda cans with a freaking hole cut out of it you know <laughs> that's good Always good that's to see safe. that uh, that homeless people are, uh, you know, keeping keeping their leftovers wrapped up in that aluminum foil. It's fair. It yeah, is. I mean, that's nice of them. What they drop it on the ground afterwards. But, right, I mean, they probably should clean up yeah. after themselves with that. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Maybe that's a thing for the city of Spokane to just have more garbage cans. Around. You'd think so. That's, uh, you know what? That might solve the homeless crisis in Spokane is more garbage cans. Yeah. Burn barrels. <laughs> Burn barrels. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is a problem. But uh, t- thankfully, this is not a, po- a po- uh, show about politics and talking about solving sure. the homeless crisis. Um, yeah. We're we're just two fucking idiots. I mean, we would just say let's let's teach them how to play hockey. There you go. Put them on. The, put them in skates. I like it. There we go. Uh, last but not least, shout out to Fire Chief John Miller. Uh, no special message this week from Chief Miller. Uh, so I'm going to assume that he is just happy that uh, the Nashville Predators are finally accepting what they really are, and uh, he's looking forward to a rebuild. I'm curious. We'll get into it, but there uh, apparently is a little bit of chatter on UC Soros. No. Yeah, so doubt it. Highly doubt it, but uh would be interesting to hear a, a Predators fan uh take on that i would absolutely would uh quick housekeeping stuff on the schedule uh once again shout out uh we'll be t- uh, hitting the opening tournament what is it the big reveal something like that down in moscow it, in april palouse Re- reveal that's i think it. is what it is that's it that's it we got something a, like that got a crack team put together for that tournament uh very excited to see all the boys and uh getting on the ice again with everybody uh, not to mention, be sporting some spiffy Dusty Bender jerseys, and we'll be able to Ooh. check out in person uh, our new board ad down at the Palouse Ice Rink. Yeah, buddy. We are uh, probably more excited than we should be about that board ad, but uh, nonetheless, it is there, and we are absolutely jacked to be having it and supporting the Palouse Ice Rink, a place that, uh, boy, we did more than our fair share of prostituting ourselves to try to get that new rink there, so... Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Many nights of walking the corner to try to get more funds for the gala. Yeah, I still have <laughs> nightmares. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, you think you think we're joking and we kind of are. But <laughs> well, yeah. That's just yeah, that's what it is. It is it is what it is. It's the things you do for your home rank, you know? Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. So uh, excited to see that rink up. Excited to have the board ad up. If you're down in Moscow, uh, down near the Palouse Ice Rink, go check it out. Oh, and, and swing by one of the other Anchor Alliance bars, the Corner Club. And they're not sponsoring us. They're not sponsoring us, but they're gems. We like them. But they will. Yeah, yeah, they will. We'll one day. Get we'll get them. So, all right, folks, without further ado, we've got a lot to get into here. Uh, if you guys have or have not noticed, uh, if, you're, you know, if you're people like Taylor and I that stay hooked into the hockey world, uh, it's even been difficult for us to keep up with all the trades that have been breaking. I'm, I'm actually, I, I wouldn't doubt that in the 15 minutes of recording time that we've got, another trade has broken. Uh, probably, most likely. Probably. Nick Hague. What? It, hopefully, just a huge one. As soon as this episode comes out, oh shit! Fucking Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid and Jonathan Quick for six first round. <laughs> 
it's fucking the the uh, it's fucking Kenny Holland has one of his relapses and thinks it's 2012. Jonathan Quick is at the prime of his game. What are you talking about? Colorado brought in Lars Eller. Yeah, sell the farm. Nobody knows who this Connor McDavid guy is. I don't. I don't We're see done. a future with him. <laughs> send send McDavid and Drysaddle to a different team. Jesus, like the same team, but just a, not the. How word. would you? How would you even? There, there is no equivalent. Like say, say in some bizarre parallel universe, say that you're an NHL GM on NHL 2023, and you're trying to trade Connor McDavid. What, what does that return even look like? So you have to trade him, but you can come up with any. You can't say no, but you can come up with any scenario where, like, you would get a return. What, what is a fair return for just Connor McDavid? Just Connor McDavid. Nope. I want I want a pros I want your top prospect at every position. Every so position? I f- every I want right, left wing, not, center. Not not all twenty two <laughs> players. No. I'm talking at least I want at your least, AHL team. Yeah, I want I want every single underage player that you have. Right. Uh no, I want I want at least like a forward that is you know, it could come into the league and potentially be like a top ten guy. Right. I want a nice defenseman that could be. You know, again, you got it's got to be you know real nice. Got to be a top ten guy probably or, or top twenty kind of kind of thing. And then I need a tendy. And then you better you better believe you you're not gonna have a fucking draft pick <laughs> ever for <laughs> for a very long <laughs> fucking not in this GM's lifetime. <laughs> no, like 10, 10 years. Like I'm getting your first and second, probably probably all your sevenths just to fucking spite you right, a little bit. Right. Like one, two, and seven <laughs> for the next ten years. At and least. then and and then and then I still want like a bag of pucks and a fucking Coke machine. Right. And future considerations. Yeah, future considerations has like B- Gary Bettman has to be there. <laughs> but uh yeah, Jesus Christ! I couldn't even imagine. like it. It would take so much to get that guy away from Edmonton. Even when like even when he gets into his twilight years, like like thirty five year old Connor McDavid is still going to be better than most of the players in the league. Yeah, still having hundred point seasons. He's just fucking fuck. Ovi's showing us that it can be done. Yeah, with limited injuries. Yeah. So I think you know. I mean, he obviously, you know, you, you hope for the for the game that he doesn't get a bunch of injuries. But uh-huh. yeah, I mean, at that age, if he hasn't had a, t- a ton of concussions and stuff, which when he first came into the league, we were kind of a little bit scared, right? Uh-huh. I mean, he he got hurt those couple years in a row. But uh, yeah, no, I think. I mean, it would take a king. Like they literally called the Gretzky trade like a king's ransom, uh-huh. and it was like you know they gave him like a hundred thousand dollars, right. You know, but like, yeah, like it would be much more than that now. Even his twilight years, you're you're looking at a couple firsts at least, probably three. It's just unreal, just unreal. Fun, fun to think about. Okay, uh, coming back to Earth, let's talk about a team that uh, is kind of struggling at the moment, mm-hmm. folks. The Seattle Kraken. Uh, we last left you. We had just talked about uh, the Red Wings game, or no, the San Jose game. Yeah. Stinker down in in San Jose, and unfortunately. Um, well, they had a they had a rebound game. They played Boston at home. Uh, famously, they were one of the only. I think they're the only team so far to have beaten Boston at home this year, or one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, go on to the rink, and boy, man, I watched this game from beginning to end, and what a fucking game! 
Ooh, I felt like Boston you don't. Boston won. You don't. Yeah, Boston. Boston ended up winning six right. five. But God, this was that was playoff intensity. I haven't seen a, a game that exciting in quite a while, probably since last hockey. playoffs. Yeah, that's why we watch hockey right there. Yeah, that was that game had absolutely everything. You had goalies making great saves. Uh, the Kraken looked good. The Kraken looked absolutely solid. Um, yeah. You know, even though the the, the outcome was disappointing, six five loss just kind of sucks. Um, at the end of the day, though, the, those are the kind of losses you walk away from. You're like, okay, well, we just lost in the last five minutes to the best team in the league, six five. Shots were dead even. Like we play, we, that's the kind of game where you go, like, wow, maybe like if Boston played Seattle in a seven game series, this like could go the distance. Yeah, I mean, it felt. I'll bring us back down like... to earth, but at the time. Like sure. it, as as good as you can feel about a loss, that was how I was feeling. It felt like it, it in reality, right? If these two teams are playing right now, and we know this, right? But it felt like Boston was up three rip, and Kraken were playing for their fucking lives, you know. So then, it, so then it was a damn good game. But like, you know, I but not to take too much away from them because I do think they play. I mean, they they, they showed a lot of. They showed a lot of fight in that game, which I think is something that, you know, they just, a bit of a roller coaster with this team occasionally. Like sometimes, like the next game we'll talk about, they just died, right? Um, and I think I think that's kind of what was good about this game is they just didn't really quit, right, until four minutes left in the game. But, you know, yeah, I, it, it was a good one. That, that was a really good game to watch. Um, you know, a lot of goal scorers again, but again, Right, are are you know, even even with the Kraken playing so so well, I think you know it really did show all of their issues. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, so but yeah, really really good game. I mean, you love to see uh, two dollar beer night at the hub for Maddie Beneers score right. goals. So damn right. Uh, you can't complain there. No, you absolutely cannot. And with how well that game goes, like it gives it still you still have question marks because the. Like it makes you feel good because the intensity's there and the mm-hmm. like the the motivation is there, but as we see with the next two games, Toronto and Blues, I it, it it sounds like we're a broken record, man. Like, how many times do we have to talk about like how many times does a defensive coach have to tell the defense not to be on the same side of the ice in our defensive zone? Yeah, like I mean. like maybe spread out, maybe like. To, it's it's basic shit. Maybe, maybe put your head on a fucking swivel and see that there's a one to two guys that are wide open behind you, and just understand that a guy with the skill level of Pasternak can shake off one guy and then pass through another. Right? Like you just have to be a little smarter than that. I, I don't know. It's just yeah, defensive assignments. But yeah, a really good game. Tough tough to lose it in the last four minutes like you know it would have been it would, i think i think we would have felt better about it if they just tied it right like they just got that fifth goal and then went to overtime like i think kraken would have i mean you know one point better would have felt better yeah. but you know i think yeah just man the dagger yeah oh absolutely just the dagger but they've just they've had a couple games like that this year where they just you like after short scored i still like i still just didn't feel good i felt like a i had a weird feeling in my stomach yeah and yeah sure as shit man i we we continued to see like again talking about the boston game they played well but we're still seeing six goals against 
We're still seeing defensive lapses. It's just that game is where the Kraken's strength shows, where the depth reaches down, grabs their nuts, mm-hmm. and tries to outscore our problems. Sure. Okay, and that's and look, it's worked. It's worked for a lot of the season. So don't don't you know hit me too hard on this. But as we see, like we play Toronto, the the Toronto game, they just look listless again. Um, these guys, they I, didn't I, look interested. No, they didn't look interested. They kind of looked like it was the San Jose game. Um, they looked tired, uh, which is weird because I don't think that they, uh, maybe they went on the road. Uh, in any case, um, they just didn't look, they just didn't look interested. Toronto looked like they were looking to make a statement. They were looking like, oh, this is some pussy ass team from the West. We're going to easily dominate them. And they did. Um, it, it really wasn't a close game at all. And, uh, Grubauer, honestly put up a pretty terrible game uh yeah as, as much as we want to say and I, I don't like harping on the guy um in fact i'm gonna i'm gonna harp on both the goalies as much as i i i'm gonna end this little rant by saying that i do think martin jones still should be in the goal more often than not but that being said when when your combined save percentage between two goalies is like eight nine eight nine six eight nine five like that's just not gonna cut it mm-hmm. like that is unacceptable i don't care i I know that there's defensive problems. I know there is. But for fuck's sakes, that is just not going to cut it. It's almost like they should have gone to, I don't know, the Columbus Blue Jackets and seen if they could make a fucking package to get the the players that the Kings got. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Um, Yeah, this game, I mean, Vince Dunn, like Vince Dunn scores first. Right places. There's never an issue with the Kraken fans. The Kraken nope. fans are in it yep. from the puck drop to you know <laughs> until it's fucking four one. Right. I right. mean, like you know, and understandably so. But uh, yeah, so like I mean, the place was rocking. Vince Dunn got an early one, and it was like, oh shit, yeah, here we go. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is gonna be a good game. And then dumpster fire. Like just defensive lapses. Just you know, little squeaker goals. Right. You know, I, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's just, it's like, where, where, like, where, where'd they go? Like, where was the fire that you showed in the first five minutes? Like, Toronto is, don't, don't get me wrong, Toronto's a good team, but like, that good? Like, I, shit, like, you made, you made them, like, we made them look fucking good. Yeah. And, you know, they just, yeah, I mean, it was 3 1 after the first period, and it was just, and, it, you know, sometimes 3 1 after the first period, you feel that, like, oh, you know, they, they're going to come out in the second. And put a little energy, put a little pressure on this team, None. get one back quick, and it's three two. Nothing, dude. It was just like, None. okay, well, apparently they they have accepted their fate. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think I think there's I think there's blame to put. I think there's leadership, right? I think there's also coaching. Uh, you know, you the, obviously you want the your defensive system better. is an issue. Like I, so let's let's get into that because it's easy to to hit on goalies, and and I'm not trying to take blame off of them. I'm not. There are a lot of there are a lot of Grubauer defenders out there. There's a lot of Jones defenders out there, and there's a lot of like just plain old Kraken goaltending defenders out there that are like sure. basically saying like the goalies are not at fault at all, and that's just not true. That's just not true. There are goalies out there on worse teams with better save percentages. Like it, it's yeah. a fact. Like they are not playing well. That being unfortunately, said, there's no Kraken defenders. Right. Out there, there are no Kraken <laughs> defenders out there. So, and it's and it's a problem because the Kraken defenders are very good at jumping into the offensive play they're very good at helping drive they're very good at the transition game moving from our defensive zone out and setting up our guys and they even are starting to jump fuck Elysiac's clapper i remember just crisp in my mind from the boston game um 
this 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 is a good defensive line when we're in their zone. But in our zone, for some reason, we just collapse. And our defensemen get so bogged. Like, it's it's like watching a Bantam game out there, man. Like, it's crazy. Like, puck watching. Two, guy, two guys going to one corner and just leaving the front of the net completely wide open. Like, this is basic stuff that you're taught in squirts. And they're just not doing it. And it's it's not, like, it's, I don't know if it's a system thing. I, I think, I, I listened to an interview once from Haxtell. It's a mindset thing. And I'm like, mindset? Like, if if it if we're three fourths of the way through the season and you haven't changed this mindset yet, then what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the what, do you add somebody? Do you shake things up? I don't know what it is. Or do you maybe you just get a new defensive coach? Who is the Seattle Kraken defensive coach? That's a good question. Who knows? But I honestly like. Yeah, you're right. There's only so much you can do during the the middle of the season if it's actually a system versus mindset issue, right? Like, there's only so much that you can do. Mm-hmm. But to your point, like maybe a shakeup is needed, right? Like maybe maybe they are comfortable. Maybe like you brought up Alexiak because you know he did. I think he's had two goals in the last three games. These three games, right? I think he had two of them, and that's great and all. That guy is a defensive liability mm-hmm. to the point where I would much rather at this point give his two goals back, mm-hmm. right, and just plug in someone who knows what a fucking defensive assignment is right like i i would i would much rather give up his i think he has seven goals on the season they're not missing assignments they're blowing assignments like they're uh, not even they like don't even have assignments missing assignment is like being mildly out of position and the and the sure. the winger like squeaks by and is and gets a stick on it that's that this is not like missing it's you're you're blatantly not going to where you need to be right like they are they're just puck watching and it's just it's nuts because they know exactly where they need to be in the offensive zone. In the offensive zone, they, they even do a good job of holding the blue line. Yeah. It's just when we get into our own zone, they seem to like completely – it's weird because we're even solid in the neutral zone. Like our transition out of the neutral zone is pretty good. Yeah, it, and it's crazy because like just these last three games, watching the reaction of the tendies I think says it all. Yeah. Right? So every time a goal gets scored – they're trying their hardest not to be pissed off at the defense, right? You Like, you can tell. You can yep. tell that they're like, oh, my God, that guy was wide open. Like, what the fuck do you expect me to do? Or, or, or not, you know, not necessarily wide open, but, like, we got to play a little bit tighter defense than what just happened, and then they scored a goal, right? Like, you know, and not saying that, yeah, like you said, I, I'm not trying to defend the goalies, but, like, I mean, we, we, I think we can all agree where the actual issue is and, you know, the defensive assignments, just defense in general, you know, it's bad. It's bad. It's it's horrible, and it's it's honestly now it's leaking into the goalie's mindset. It's leaking into, you know, the forwards' mindset. Dude, how can we score five goals and still get beat six five? Right. How can we score, you know, five goals and it still be a fucking game because the other team is scoring three goals and we we you know yep. in the Blues game, right? It's just to me, yeah. It's just now like. That's that's where I do agree with Hackstall. Like, it's a it's a mindset thing, right? Like now it's becoming even more of a mindset thing, and from a negative standpoint, right? Because because those lapses are there, and because like you like you said, it's fucking pond hockey, yeah. dude. Like I play better defense playing fucking stick and puck, right? Right? Like, come on, guys. Right. I just, like, keep it simple. Like maybe maybe yeah, we have so to easy. maybe maybe we have to go back to like 
bantam house hockey here where the right d-man stays on the right side of the ice and the left <laughs> d-man stays on the left side of the ice. like it, at this point that's what we need to do get back to basics so we actually know how to fucking play defensive hockey because so if you yeah and and that's why i argue for jones to stay in the goal because grubauer has been i don't know I, the, the defenders are going to come after me on this but i think he's been inconsistent like yeah, he'll he'll put up a couple great games where he lets in two sure. goals. And but then we see the fucking Toronto game where god that squeaker that just like he has to have that. Mm-hmm. He has to have that goal because it sets the tone. And how many how many times this year have the Kraken come out to a slow start and the other team's up two three goals in the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you just know, oh, here we fucking go. Like this game's over. And Well, and this Toronto this Toronto game was the opposite, right? Kraken went up, and then, yeah, it's like they just stopped. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, let's we're gonna we're gonna smoke the Maple Leafs, right? right? We scored in the first five minutes. Right. We're gonna absolutely fucking crush this team. You know, we're good, right? We'll just coast and we'll fucking score six goals again, right? Like, yeah, I. I so I want to ask you this. So, from a defensive scheme, okay, can't shouldn't we just go at this point go to the six defensemen on this team and just say you do not cross that blue line you go five feet into the other blue line but you 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 are not offensive you are literally play defense you you are not involved in the offense because you guys can't fucking play defense well it's like tapping each other on the sh- like you have to do basic shit like when you're in our defensive zone and the puck goes from the right side to the left side, like, we're at the point where you have to, like, tap your buddy to know that you've got the front of the net and he can go to the corner. Borgen fucking smacks Alexiak on the shin guards is like, bro, that's your guy. Like, Yeah, like, go. What are we doing? Well, but see, and that's never the problem. The, the problem is never that, in fact, it's quite the opposite. Like, both of them are chasing. Like, the puck goes to the right corner, and then both the defensemen are fucking down there while... Grubauer or Jones is left fucking having tea with Miss McGee in front of the net. Yeah. That was, that was, wow. Tea with Mrs. McGee. That's, that is, that is a Youngblood reference. Oh. That's, that's past, that's uh, before my time. What do you mean before? You've never seen Youngblood with Rob Lowe and uh, Patrick Swayze? I don't think so, bro. Bro. Bro, you gotta watch, you gotta, you have to, you have to watch Youngblood. I don't watch movies. <laughs> Dude, it's it's one of the classic fuck Rob uh Keanu Reeves even plays a silent goaltender. All right, fuck, I'll watch it tonight. Ke- Keanu Reeves doesn't have a single no. line, but he's the backup goalie on the team or he's the goalie on the team. Rob uh, Young Blood. Young Oh, here we go. 1986. Dude, Patrick Swayze was in it. Like, right, Holy shit, dude! This it's is a, a fucking star cast, here. dude. It's a good fucking movie. Like, it's a solid film. I'm embarrassed, dude. You need to. Can you we, gotta, let's let's pull this out of the out of the recording. I don't want people to know. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be a, a lot of diehard hockey fans. Like, how have you not seen Youngblood? Wow, dude. Patrick Swayze wow. plays like this tough guy that teaches Youngblood how to. He's named Dean Youngblood. Rob Rob Lowe plays Dean Youngblood. And he's like this star scorer, but he gets into the league and they just, he doesn't know how to fight and he just gets his ass kicked. And then Patrick Swayze, the longtime captain of the, of the team, uh, grabs him and, and like teaches him how to fight. And then he, he ends up not only 
fighting and beating up the other tough guy, but scoring a hat trick. It, it's a classic cliche hockey movie, but it's it's still really good. Um, Holy shit, man! One one All of the right. one of the best lines from it is they're doing tryouts in the beginning of the movie, and they're they're commenting on how bad the tryouts are, and he's what do you think, coach? And then they literally look out on the ice, and there's a guy who trips over the blue line. <laughs> and the coach goes, yeah, like that guy that's sorry son of a bitch that just tripped over the blue line? It's <laughs> pretty good. It's a good movie. Great All movie. All right. I'm get, uh, let's see, let's see where, uh, let me try to find where we, can, uh, where we can watch it for folks. Probably Prime. Wouldn't be surprised if it's on Prime. It is Prime. There you go. All right. Cool. There's my uh, there's my Wednesday night. There you go. You gotta you gotta watch it, and then we'll and then we'll do a movie review on the show. All right, sounds good. <laughs> we'll review a review a thirty five year old hockey movie. Yeah, I'll just get as hammered as possible and try to comprehend. Uh, you know my review. I love that. I love that. That's, that's perfect. But yeah. Um. So going back to the Kraken and their defensive woes. Uh. It kind of it kind of. So segues into our, our trade deadline talk. So uh, initially, folks, we were going to do, uh, you know, our, our normal episode for future considerations. That's going to be our next episode. But this has been, I think somebody released a t- statistic. There's been more trades in this trade trade deadline, and we're not even up to Friday yet. We're recording this Wednesday night, and we're not even to Friday yet. Um, there's been more trades this year than like the last two combined. Jesus. Something like that. Uh, crazy. It's a crazy stat. So it's it's just been absolutely bonkers. I bet, you know, you, you check Twitter and honestly, if you're not scrolling Twitter all day or something, you could miss something. And, uh, Mm -hmm. thankfully, so what we're going to do is we're going to break down just the stuff from, uh, February 23rd on up until today. Uh, obviously we'll, we'll give you guys the trade deadline primer, uh, in our, in our episode, future considerations. Uh, but at the moment, I feel like if you, if you guys didn't want that episode to be three hours long, we're going to have to chip away at it too here. Um, but a good segue into that is talking about Seattle's role in this, which has been absolute dick. Yeah. In fact, yeah. they haven't even traded for dick. They haven't traded for anything. I mean, Magnet, bro. Come on. That's a huge. Wow. wow. Yeah, he's 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 just absolutely tearing it up from the press box. Sure is, man. He's getting fucking Francis's cup of joe. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Fuck. And, Fra- and Francis, Francis, that's all Francis wants, and he came out publicly and said all he wants is a fucking cup of jail from his one trade. This guy, I, look, Francis, Francis is a draft guy. We all know he's a draft guy. Sure. You think he's just, like, petrified of fucking up a trade? Like, he made this trade for Megna, and he's not even skating. Like, you think he's, like, there's some, is there something in his head being like, ooh, I don't, I don't want to fuck this up? Maybe. More, more like he's petrified of trading away any assets. Don't trade away a first rounder, then. Yeah, don't. That's that's where that's where you or know, that's do the value or is. do trade. You know or what? Do. Who cares? You know what? I I'm gonna go because I got I got into it with some Kraken fans on Twitter about this. Uh, look, I understand. I I am all about the logical approach to this. I understand. We don't want to trade away the future to try to make a run this year. I'm not saying that. Okay, what I'm saying is that, and we can finally get into this. The East is an absolute fucking gauntlet. It's the it's the Thunderdome. Okay, mm-hmm. like they're gonna absolutely tear each other apart. Like three of those teams could be considered All Star teams. Mm-hmm. Like they're that fucking good. Bo- Boston is just incredible. After we go over these trades, you're gonna see. Um, 
going through all of this shit, the West is wide fucking open. The West is wide open. Looking at the standing, I, I don't have the standings pulled up in front of me. I should probably have done that. But right now, the only bubble team, the only reason, the, Calgary. Calgary's on the outside looking in. Sure. That's it. Everybody else below Calgary has is selling. Nashville right. is selling. Right. And Nashville's the team behind them. Vancouver's selling. Everybody else below them is either tanking or deciding to sell. Yeah. Calgary's the last one, and they're the last bubble team. Everybody below, uh, Everybody above Calgary is in the playoffs. What year are you going to have this opportunity where the West is this week? I mean, yeah. I You can't wait too long because because all these teams at the bottom are going to load up on draft picks. Yep. And you give them two, three years, and they're going to be fucking stacked. Yeah, in three years, so, we're going to be fighting the fucking uh, Phoenix Coyotes for the conference final. I mean, probably next year. But, okay, that's uh, optimistic. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you you think, I mean, you know, not to be a homer, but you think about the Ducks, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, they're set down the middle, just like you are. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's a team that the you're fo- going to be battling. The foundation is there. The foundation's there, right? So, if you're thinking of your your future, right? So, you're thinking of Beniers and and uh, Shane Wright. They're going to be going at it with Zegris and McTavish for the next ten years, right? Right, so so why would you not take an opportunity to take advantage to to have Beniers get some of that time to have maybe Shane Wright does come through in the playoffs, right? You break it, you you know you, you get lo- you get far enough along, you stick him on the roster, you get some get some experience. Whereas, I mean, Trevor Zegers and, and Mason McTavish aren't going to have playoff experience for the next two three years tops. No. No. Right, so like, I just to me, I, to me, this is a miss if he doesn't make any sort of, and it doesn't have to be crazy, but no, we're not, we're not asking, we weren't asking him to be in on Team of Meyer or anything. Sure, what I'm saying is, is that there, we have just gotten through. You and I have just gotten through stating the very obvious gaps on this team, hundred yeah. percent. Like, you could defense upgrade is number one. If you want to try to upgrade the goaltending, if it's convenient if it's not not a big deal defense is number one but in any case like you are you're you're like 90 percent chance to make the playoffs Mm -hmm. basically the only team that is considered a favorite in the west is the abs probably i mean yeah i think i think you could probably look at vegas a little bit too but maybe maybe but even then vegas is bit vegas is banged up Mm-hmm. Vegas is banged up. They're missing. They're 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 a they're a Mark Stoneless team. Yeah, I do. I do yeah. think we'll get into it a little bit. I do think they're finally being smart about it. They're not going out and using all that cap space on, uh, on like a star. They're actually loading up on depth. Is McPhee okay? Has anyone checked to see if he has like the flu or something? fine? Yeah, maybe maybe they incapacitated him. <laughs> or McCrimmon? Is it Kelly McCrimmon? I don't know. Is it McCrimmon? Anyway, I don't know. McPhee or McCrimmon. Yeah, anyway. Um, in any case, they're actually kind of being smart about it and investing in depth instead of going and buying, you know, a star player um, sure. that might get hurt or something. So I, I do think they are making the best out of that situation. But still, it's hard to replace Mark Stone. And now that you're dealing with a goalie carousel, we'll get into that in a second when we get to the, one of the bigger trades. Well, not bigger trades, but more influential trades. Um it's a problem. It's it's yeah. this Western Conference is so open right now to where it, it's up for grabs. And what what I'm saying is is that if you can basically 
if you're the Seattle Kraken, we, we already talked about it at the beginning of the season. A playoff berth is already a successful season. So why not? You've got you've got three second round picks this year. You've got a first round pick this year, and I believe you've got a first round pick in the next year, two thirds the next year. What I I don't see, like the Kraken. Like you're Ron Francis. You know you're good at drafting. Like you have great. We have an excellent prospect pipeline. Yeah. Like there is. Don't trade away any prospects. If you got rid of your say, say all right, but chance. This year's draft is the deepest. Fine. How about you trade somebody your 2024 first round pick? We don't need it. We don't need it. This team is deep. This team was designed to be building that base. And you've got it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, one more one more first round pick from that year is not going to drastically influence. You've got a great prospect pipeline. The fucking Coachella Valley Firebirds are having a hell of a season. season. Sure. Like, I, I understand wanting to build for the future, but sometimes you got to jump on the opportunity. And this opportunity ain't going to last very long. We've got, we've got a West where if you win the West, yeah, I know you're probably going to run into a juggernaut in the East, but crazier things have happened. We saw the Blues take on a clearly battle Boston and beat them because they were beat the hell up. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that we, we've, got, we've caught lightning in a bottle. No, not, not talking about the lightning, the Tampa Bay lightning. Like a bug. Like a bug, yeah, like a bug. Yeah. Um, this team actually has some opportunity here to go to make a deep playoff run, especially if the matchups are favorable. Yeah. Like, even with the latest trades, I still think a, a Seattle-LA series leans in our favor. I agree. So why, why are we so stuck on, you know, Ron Francis is doing the standard uh, GM Stan Pat speech of, well, I like our team how it is right now, and I think they can compete with just what they've got, and, you know, we're not going to trade away the future just to get a little better at the... I hate that shit. I hate but that But that's shit. why... And, and that's why his Carolina teams were treading water. Yeah. Right? That's, but that's that... And, you know, so, like, how do you look at that and say this was a working model, right? I mean, like, it just, you know, they were they were skating in sand, so... Yeah, I'm with you. I, I I agree. I agree halfway because I I agree you don't want to trade away the farm. So I I'm completely not we agree tra- with that. I'm not saying we trade away any prospects that are ours. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying that's that fair. I'm saying Picks. that uh, right. I'm saying that our 2024 pick, not even this year's pick. I'm saying our 2024 pick. I I could give two fucks less about it. Yeah. To me, but that's it's, a- to me it's expendable. Right now, if we got if we if you give away a 2024 draft pick for a player that's usable now that helps us make again, if we play LA in the first round, fuck man, the Seattle Kraken might make it to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. That's incredible. That's yeah. that would be that would be an incredible victory and that would be huge for the fan base, it'd be huge for the players. Like that would be so incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, I I, you know, I, I don't like, I don't like super rentals, right? Like I, I think, you know, we were talking earlier today. There's, there's an idea that, that John Klingberg would come, right? And I think that to me, that to me is basically looking at the market that's already gone and saying, oh crap, maybe I, maybe I do need to do a little something, right? So if, if they, if they were to kind of reach there, but I, I, you know, so a first round pick next year, I think is worth a second round pick. Like if you were to put them 
in a mathematical equation and, 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 you know, solve for X, Mm -hmm. right? I think a first round pick next year is equal to a second round pick this year, right? So, I mean, why, you know, why not, why not use the 2023 number and say, Hey, I'll give you a sec, I'll give you a second round pick for fucking Philip Heronic. Let me, oh, oh, okay. So let's jump in. Let's, let's, let's tease a little bit here because we're going to jump ahead. So, uh, Churchrin guy that's been on, he's been, he's been out for what, three weeks now? Yeah, because the coyotes waiting the waiting coyotes have been shopping him trying to raise his value and in the end they kind of shot themselves in the foot because nobody was right. wanting to wait um Churchin goes today for what here i won't even try to guess at it we'll say exactly what he went for it went for a conditional 2023 first round pick and a conditional 2024 round pick and a 2026 second round pick which dude i can't even i can't even think of what i'm gonna have for fucking lunch tomorrow so. right so that's it. Okay. Would you do a, so if, let me, let me rephrase, let me work this around. What if I said a 2024 first round pick, a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 or a 2023 third round pick? Yeah, in a heartbeat. Heart, in a fucking heartbeat. So why didn't we do it? So why, like, I, I think the hockey world was shocked. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of shocking things. But this comes out like the Coyotes have been trying to raise the value on this guy. Like we've been hearing ridiculous fucking offers. Like the Coyotes want the fucking farm system of some of these teams for this guy, and it turns out it just turns comes down to a first, second, and a first and two seconds. Yeah, with conditions on the first and second. Sure, of the sure, sure, sure. But so. nowhere near the return that everybody was building this up to be. Yeah, and I mean. I mean, so, I was for Chikrin with two years. I mean, he's still got two years on his contract. Yeah. Guy's like twenty four years old. He fits in your window. He, I, I, I mean, twenty twenty three first round pick without even a condition on it. If I'm the Kraken, because I'm making the playoffs anyway. Senators might not even make the playoffs. Right. Right. So for me, like giving up this year's first round pick to get a kid who will probably resign. I think he'll be an RFA after he gets done with it that contract. It's exactly right? what the Kraken need. It's exactly what they need. It's just, to me, like... It's not yeah. a move to make a move. Like, it's actually fixing a problem. And and maybe... And let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he was going... Maybe he maybe he was trying and, and called, you know, Arizona a couple times. Maybe Arizona doesn't want to... Didn't want to move him to a Western Conference team. Maybe. You know, so I, I, you know there's a lot of things that go into it, but... Sure. That return for the Coyotes, you, you, you can't tell me that the exact thing that the Kraken need to actually be a contender, not only this year, but into the fucking future. Sure. So uh, you, the, you weren't willing to give that up. Come these on. three back-to-back trades are actually, per, we'll, we'll hit on these because these are the ones that are related to the Kraken. We're still kind of talking about the Kraken's role in the trade deadline. So Churchin, how am I saying it? Churchin? Uh, I say Chikrin, but Chikrin? I, okay. it, I don't know. Uh, Chikrin, Chikrin goes for the for the for the conditional 2023 first, conditional 2024 second, and a 2026 second. Just before that, Philip Peronik goes to the Vancouver Canucks from the Detroit Red Wings for a conditional 2023 first and a 2023 second. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, so a masterclass by Steve Eiserman on this. Like, yeah, why does Vancouver need Philip Peronik? I doesn't they don't like it doesn't make any this makes literally no sense to if i'm if i'm a vancouver canucks fan i'm fucking pissed calling somebody i'm i'm open up the phone book and calling somebody to complain about this you think philip heronic helps them get into the fucking playoffs next year like get the fuck out of here dude dude. 
this is this is the definition of selling high. Like this has oh, been yeah. this has been Philip Peronick's best season. Yeah. Now, granted, does he get a new change of scenery and plays better? Maybe. Is it going to happen in Vancouver? Fucking no. no. <laughs> Dude, I, but Vancouver, like Vancouver, is out. Right? Why, if you're Vancouver, why are you giving up a 2023 first round draft pick in a draft that you are a top, probably a top 10 pick? Right. Why are you doing that for Philip Aronic? What an asinine move. So, and I'm even saying that, like, I'd even, of these three guys that we're going to talk about, I think Philip Aronic would be the lowest. I, I wouldn't want Philip Aronic on the Seattle Kraken. And maybe I'm biased uh, because I'm a Red Wing. You've I've been watching him. I've been watching him, and he is the most frustrating defenseman to watch. Um, he does a lot of offensive things right, but he also just is sometimes the most boneheaded fucking defenseman. Anyway, so he goes for that. Um, would I, if I'm the Seattle Kraken, would I pay that much for Philip Peronic? Probably not. Probably not now. But okay, so we move on to the next one here. So, in, in, what I'm saying, while while Philip Peronic is the least of these three, Chikrin, Heronic, and then Shane Gostisbehere, I think all three of them would have improved the Kraken's blue line. Definitely. 100%. Um, Shane Gossis Bear goes to the Hurricanes for a 2026 third-round pick. Literally nothing. That means like nothing. Di- like dick. Basically, it might as well have just been future considerations. Shane Gossis Bear is going to round out that fucking blue line, and he would have been an excellent addition to the crack. So I'm sitting here going, what? we have... We have three second round picks this year. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we offer one to the Coyotes? Oh, it's just unreal, dude. It's unreal. It's it's poor. It's fuck poor Lars Eller. Honestly. Lars Eller goes to the Colorado Avalanche for a 2025 second. We have three second round picks in this year's draft. Supposedly one of the most deepest drafts there is. Yeah. Why aren't we using this capital? It's it's just and and this is my argument to the fan to the Kraken fans of you know preaching patience. I get it. I'm not saying that we sell away every single pick that we've got. I don't think I don't think a lot of Kraken fans understand, or at least the defenders of this sit and do nothing strategy understand all the fucking draft capital we have. Yeah. And with the prices so wacky this time around, like Lars Eller, do we need Lars Eller? No. Could would he have helped the team? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean that's a perfect stretch of three D. That it's it's just a head scratcher of of you know why like why wasn't this why like come on you could have got him you could have got any of these guys you could have dangled a twenty twenty three second round pick maybe not heroic because Iserman just stole no the you don't ball you don't answer again. the phone you don't answer the phone when Iserman no calls. It, you know it just I would have it, like it would just be the skull and crossbones emoji in my phone like there's just no fucking <laughs> it's way. just it's it's like one of those scary movies where like everything in your house starts ringing dude he literally he probably had like he had he had the Canucks GM house <laughs> bugged and he's like he's like Philip Aronic is the best defenseman <laughs> And, and the guy's like, oh, my God, what the fuck was that? And then just, you know, over time, he was like, you're going to give me a first-round pick for it. And then sure as shit, here we are. Dude, it, it's, that is Unbelievable, su- that is a dude. master class by Steve Eisenman. I know it's just one move. And he and he and honestly, he might not do a lot. Um, the, the only big move that the Detroit Red Wings did today, other than that, was uh, re-signing Larkin for, I would say, a very fair contract. Eight, eight mil. Yeah. Uh, it, 
Well, so uh, it was like 8.7, something like that. Uh, But the the total AAV equals out to uh, 69.6 million. Mm. So everybody, everybody's commenting. Nice. Well, (laughs) nice. Nice. Um, So he just loaded up with bonuses or something? I think so. Uh, it's it's front loaded. If I looked at the contract, how it goes out, he gets like ten million. It it's heavy front loaded, and then he gets paid less over time. Which yeah, because you're gonna have to sign like Raymond and Cider and all that sure. shit. So that makes sense. Sure. Um, yeah, absolute fucking steal from Iserman because to be honest with you, Philip Peronic to me isn't is barely worth that 2023 second round pick. I I again barely. I'm. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm angry. Maybe maybe his horrible two games against Ottawa are just so fresh in my mind because he was mm-hmm. arguably the worst player on the ice in those games, mm-hmm. where we just got drubbed by the Ottawa Senators and made ourselves sellers. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it might be fresh in my mind, so I'm like, I'm tired of, I'm tired of going off of this. And it, maybe maybe call me boring when it comes to hockey players, but I would rather have somebody it. It, kind of going back to the Grubauer Jones argument, like I would rather have Jones let in three goals a night consistently than this like Grubauer is going to let in one or two a night and then six or seven the next night. Yeah. Like at least at least three. Like if I'm an analytics guy, like if I know okay we're going to get three goals scored on us every night, if I can move my chess pieces around and move players around, I can statistically try to get four goals a night. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know that I'm gonna win. Mm-hmm. But with fucking Grubauer, I, there's, there's, you know, I don't know if I need goal support or not. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. When it comes to Heronic, that's what that's my point. Like some days he's like this um, amazing puck moving offensive, you know, quarterback that is just great on the point, and then the next day he chokes and pinches, and they're, you know a three-on-one with fucking Sherratt standing flat-footed. <laughs> last thing I'll say, last thing I'll say on that, uh, the Canucks traded for Heronic after those two games. So that's good. That is good. That is good. Okay. So I, I think when it comes down to the Kraken, as of, as of recording right now, the Kraken still have not made a move in, in a very busy trade deadline. Um, thought it, as, as this comes out, you know, we'll be, you guys will be listening to this. So maybe we'll be totally proven wrong. Do you, you think that they you think they make a move? No. No. I I uh, I think Francis Francis is just going to double down on what he told the media and what he's known for is just stacking draft capital and so he he's looking at those three first second round picks like they're gold and it's like dude, you know. Yeah, I mean you could have you could have fuck I would have made a move for any of those three guys realistically. Not not necessarily for, you know, not what the Vancouver Canucks gave up for Heronic, but I I mean I'd even have taken Heronic, you know, to to I mean he's he's better he's got to be better than fucking Alexiak and Borgen. Come on, dude. Yeah. So I I mean yeah to me to me I don't see him making any moves or he's gonna make a last second decision to where he gets rid of those fucking picks anyways and then it's rushed it's a fucking rush job. See right? and that's it's and that's so what I'm worried about. That's what I'm worried about. He should have done it now because. We have seen when push comes to shove and there's like when there's pressure, he makes a poor decision. That's how we get Philip Grubauer for like a hundred years. Because mm-hmm. again, remember he talks about how that wasn't part of the draft plan. 
They were not. Yeah. Philip Grubauer was not in any of their any of their uh, mockups, but he became available. So they fucking scrambled. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just I have that I have that weird nasty gut feeling that that's what's going to happen at this deadline for Francis and and that, and that and like you know piss or get off the pot dude like jump at jump at an Orlov jump at a fucking Gavrikov and a Corpusalo combination oh my god that is literally that that trade to me is just shake shake his fucking face yep. like just grab him by the cheeks and fucking shake him like this is exactly what you fucking needed dude yep um yeah so before I get too fucking heated here, and before we really dive in, uh, we do have uh, let's let's jump over to some some basketball just so we can yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe chill for a second yeah what do we got uh, so you know one one of our sponsors as you all know DraftKings right so NBA fans it is time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Again, that's $5 and you could win $200 in free bets. Free bets instantly. It's free. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit you'll get a free bet back. That's just ridiculous. So go go ahead and jump over and, and uh, download that DraftKings. So uh, download the app now and sign up with the code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply void in ohio see show notes for details so we do have a disclaimer in all of our show notes on DraftKings. uh make sure it applies to you uh our washington folks might not be able to use it too much unless you're on the road but uh it's definitely if you're an nba fan you know it's worth worth driving over the border over to, into oregon and and put a place in those bets so or you can just watch hockey or you can just watch hockey yeah, yeah whatever you want to do yeah uh, the DraftKings also does hockey gambling they sure do yeah absolutely they do they do golf as well if, you, if you're into that shit that's not a thing no that's a thing i'm golfing um, twice this weekend ugh. you're you're golfing i'm gonna get you into golf dude i should have no. sent you with my backup clubs dude i know i need to go to the range and actually like i've i've been Gold surrounded my sport, i've been surrounded my entire life by people trying to get me into golf and i've always i've always i just get so fucking it's fucking the number of people that are so arrogant about it and it pisses me off. I fucking, mean, I'm wearing a collared shirt. Like, oh, you're fucking professional, aren't you, huh? You're fucking I'll, Tiger Woods. I'll fucking shushy on the tee box, dude. <laughs> <laughs> in my in my in my knickers and high socks and oh, my fucking. God. Oh yeah, I'll fucking pull them out if fucking, I have to. Oh, the 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 fucking hubris. <laughs> holy shit okay yeah um yeah go jump over to DraftKings. happy happy to have them as a sponsor i need to actually it's coming up on that time i need to probably play some action for the playoffs huh yeah it's it's time i got uh i got cracking going all the way but i'm not feeling too good about it with fucking francis standing pat 
So fucking ass. I think I think to put a bow on that, uh, I I just I think at the end of the day, I I understand. I'm not going to like vehemently disagree with the folks that are saying stand pat, sit back, don't add anything. The team's doing fine. You know, this is already above and beyond. Blah 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 sure. blah blah. I I get that. I'm just saying like these opportunities just don't come up very often. There's I agree. We're, there's literally no clear cut favorite to win the West. You know, there there yeah. there is no Boston of the West. And well, I think when you have that situation, you you gotta you gotta shoot your shot, especially if the if the if the chips fall exactly where you need them to go. If you're fucking, let me, oh God, I've said I needed to pull up the standings like three times already, and I haven't done it any time. Well, if you're thinking of the West, uh, Colorado just lost to arguably the fifth or sixth best team in the East tonight in New Jersey. So, uh, Timo Meyerless, New Jersey Devils. So. Yeah. The West is fucking I, no man's land, and I won't I won't accept that argument from people. If anybody comes up to me, it's like, well, what's the point? Because the East is so good. We don't play the East. Mm-hmm. We're not. It, at the end of the day, you're gonna have to play four to seven games against one Eastern Conference team. Yep. Okay. I understand that that whatever team that is that team, I understand they're gonna be good. But with everybody, literally, okay, Eastern Conference teams: Carolina, New Jersey, New York Rangers. Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Islanders are kind of trying to load up. Pittsburgh, uh, Florida's not doing anything. Ottawa, like, all those teams that I just named are trying to arm up. Yeah. Okay, like, they're going to tear each other apart. That fucking Toronto-Tampa series is going to be a fucking massacre. Bloodbath, yeah. That is going to be an absolute fucking massacre. Uh, New Jersey and the Rangers, like if that if that stays the way it is, uh, that might change. Carolina's only up by three points on them, but it, New Jersey Rangers, man, they're gonna they're gonna fucking tear each other apart. Yeah. Like whoever gets to the end, whoever wins the East, sure they definitely earned it more than any Western Conference team, hundred percent. But the fact is, they might. I mean, half the team might have punctured lungs by the time they get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Whereas whoever comes out in the West might be in a lot better shape. Well, the the way that we do the NHL, if you didn't know, Chance, is it's not the top 16. It's eight from each fucking division or eight, eight from each conference, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, to, to your exact point, right, you're playing. I mean, if we're, if we're being realistic about it, you're almost playing teams – nine through six you know nine through 15 potentially mm-hmm. until you get to the finals right so right. i mean fuck it's just there's there's so much opportunity and yeah rob blake down in la decided yeah fucking a let's see it right you know but, uh, what, 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 I'm sa- what i'm saying here is a very realistic breakdown is the kraken are gonna play in the first round it, fuck almost any any combo is is in the air right now um because Dallas is not playing very well at the moment. Um, they're they're sinking a little bit. Seattle could be playing anybody from, you know, LA, Edmonton, Dallas, Winnipeg, Colorado, or Minnesota. Like, as long as they're not playing Colorado or Vegas, maybe even Dallas in the first round, I like their odds. Yeah. I like their odds. And then the chances of them having another favorable matchup in the second round are are also pretty good too, depending on how that shakes out. So I'm I, I think my point is is like the West is wide open. Anybody, it's it's up for anybody to take. And I just feel like, especially with no other teams really loading up or doing anything, it it just feels like a defeatist mentality to sit back and do absolutely nothing. 
I'm not saying we go in on Timo Meyer. I'm not saying that we went in on Patrick Kane. Uh, but I'm saying, like, maybe out a middle six, uh, middle six, that would be a middle four defenseman. Mm-hmm. And with the price that they're going for right now, it's affordable. Yeah. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into the TSN trade tracker. Shout out to TSN. We, we always use you guys every year uh, to kind of go through some trades. Uh, most important trade on February 23rd, Josiah Slavin going to the Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, what's, what's funny before before we skip over this one? Yeah. I fucking loved Hunter Drew, too. That sucks. Oh. It's such a terrible trade for the Ducks. I don't know why we did it. Hunter Drew Hunter Drew went over and played, I think it was the COVID year or whatever. He went over and played somewhere somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. Racked up like 120 penalty minutes. Just an absolute fucking goon. That can, bear, can bury the G-note occasionally, you know? Like, man, it's, it's a tough loss. But, yeah, it's a fucking, that's a nobody trade. That's good shit. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, nobody nobody cares about that. Uh, we're going to go through the trades that we think are important, and if we skipped over it, well, then uh, your trade wasn't important. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, February 23rd, uh, big trade, kind of kicking everything off. Uh, Washington Capitals received Craig Smith, a first-round pick, 2023, 2025 second, and a 2024 third-round pick from the Boston Bruins in exchange for Dmitry Orlov and your buddy, Garnet Hathaway. <sighs> The fucking llama himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, this. Uh, how do you how do you feel about this trade? I love Dmitry Orlov on the Bruins. They their their top six is by far the best top six now. I mean, yep. it's just so stacked. Um, yeah, just I always forget that they fuck. They still have Hampus Lindholm there. Like it's just it's great. Their defense is just stupid. Oh, and Orlov, Orlov's already popping off. He's got like, oh yeah, he's got like two goals and three points in two games. Yeah, he had two goals the other. He had two goals against Calgary. Yeah, an assist right, in the right? first it was one. In Calgary. I think he led all Bruins in ice time in that first game that he played. Like it's it's the guy. The guy is just popping off. He's he's doing great. Um, Hathaway. I mean, let's be real. Hathaway is Hathaway. He's going to round out their bottom six. Um, yeah, and just and bring in some grit, but. That's, I mean, that's, it seems like every, like Tampa did it once. So now everybody, everybody at the trade deadline goes for grizzled veterans to round out your bottom six. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's going to fill that. And you know what? I'm going to give some kudos here because it, it's easy to say like, oh, the, the strong get stronger and kudos to Boston. But you know what? Good for the Capitals for like recognize, not, not doing this wishy-washy shit of like, well, we'll just stand pat because we don't want to admit that we're selling. Or, like, that we don't care about winning the cup anymore. No, man. They're starting the rebuild now. They understand the writing's on the wall. They're not going to make the fucking playoffs. Like, it's it happens. Like, they were, you know, Ovi loses his dad. They're trying to chase the scoring record. And they had a ton of injuries. Like, I like this. I like this for them. Because they're still, they're not terrible. Like, there's still a core to build around. And you, you're, you'll be okay and bring these guys in from your first, second, and third round picks that you picked up to actually build this team back up in a short amount of time. So instead of a five-year rebuild, you're looking at a two- to three-year rebuild. This is a master class in timing as a GM. Yes. Yeah, yep. this is a fuck, this, it is a master class because they basically were like, here's some guys you know, on expiring contracts who are, you know, are going to get us nice returns and you know, are perfect people to send to contenders. And they didn't just sit there and go, well, you know, may, you know, it just wasn't our year. No, fuck that, dude. They went out. I don't even know how many first round picks they have now. 
in a stacked draft. But they just they did yeah. This is a masterclass in 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 timing for getting rid of resources that actually still have some value. So yeah, kudos to the Caps. Um, those two, I mean, you know, Hathaway. I could I would be completely content with with him. <laughs> you know, getting hurt and shipped off to the KHL. Um, you know, not, nothing serious. Obviously, I don't want him to be like seriously injured. But like, you know, just he gets like someone spits in his eye and. Um, you know, he I'll say that that that's contrary to previous episodes when you said that you you actually wanted serious injury to him. I mean, you know, I'm you trying like, to turn over a new up leaf. A bit. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. Okay, you know, I'm okay. just trying. Unlike try Garrett, Arnick, unlike Hathaway, who's still a scumbag. He's still a scumbag, and he's teaching people on the Rangers how to be scumbags, apparently, or the Bruins. <laughs> Fucking well, yeah, yeah. Well, Marchand already, Marchand already fucking knows how to be an asshole. So yeah, it's uh, very true. Yeah, very but yeah, true. big big trade. That yeah, it did really kick everything off though. I, and I, so I think this is a good trade for both sides. I think it gets it gets both sides what they need and uh, and and sets them on a path to their goals, which is good. Craig Smith with forty next year. Ooh, that would he's he's gonna thrive next to Ovechkin. That's for sure. Yeah, maybe. Yep. All right, moving on. Let's jump ahead to February 25th. Nino Niederreiter heading to the Winnipeg Jets in uh, exchange for a 2024 second-round pick going to Nashville. Uh, I like this. I like this a lot because uh, Winnipeg didn't pay an arm and a leg for Nino, and I'm a huge Nino Niederreiter fan. I think uh, the guy is drastically underrated. I don't understand really why he keeps bouncing between teams. Um, I, I think he would be a great asset for any team. Yeah, no, this is, and that's the fair value for Nino Niederreiter. Yeah, right. A second round, a twenty twenty four second rounder. Sure. Yep. And yeah. and once again, kudos to another team that could have easily, you know, held Pat and pretended that, oh, you know, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not, we're just retooling and then not do anything. No, Nashville recognizes that this is not their year. They are no longer building up. They're slowly declining, so they're gonna start selling. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what yep. this is how you stop the bleeding and get good in one to three years, not mm-hmm. five yeah. to six. Yeah. Where you die where where it's death by a thousand cuts and you, you know, lose in the first round for a couple years. Like they're they're they know they weren't making the playoffs. Or if they did, they'd be fringe and they'd be bounced in a second, like they were last year. Right. This is going to help them rebuild. So I, I absolutely love this. Nino Niederreiter was not going to be a part of the devil the Predators future. And Nino's going to help out a Winnipeg Jets team that's trying to push in a very open West. Yeah, and then he proceeded to have a head check on Sean Dersey in his first game, though. So mm. he's probably going to sit out a couple games. Okay, well, I mean, but, he's kind of a, I think he's an older fellow, so he might need he might need some time. He might need a rest. Maybe yep. that's why he did it. Yep. Uh, quick hockey trade, um, just kind of notable on February 26th. Denis Gurionov going to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for Evgeny Dodonov. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of strange considering you know it was like maybe two years ago where dallas stars fans were thinking that goryanov was going to be like the next coming yeah uh so kind of weird to see him fall from such a height and get the and be sent to you know basically the backwaters of montreal for right now um i i definitely i granted i'm not a dallas fan so i don't pay attention as closely but i would have never equated dennis goryanov to evgeny dodonov no, it's really. I mean, it's, this this to me seems like a cap thing. Dadonov's like a third line, you know, power forward. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think with Gurionov, like 
he would have, I mean, you know, fact check me, I guess, but I'm assuming he's probably close to a contract year. Maybe. Right. And they already gave a shitload of money to fucking Hints and Robertson, understandably, right? Yeah. So uh, I could see something like that. But yeah, uh, I think Dadnov had a point or two tonight. So you know, sure. not terrible. Sure. Well, there you go. I mean, if Dadnov needs a new home to, to play well, that's good. And Gurionov, well, he can uh, get a brush up on his golf game when Montreal, because Montreal is basically right out of the playoffs. So yeah. there you go. Uh, February 26th, uh, Vegas makes its first big move, uh, utilizing that cap space made uh, made available by Mark Stone going on IR. Ivan Barbashev coming to the Golden Knights for the Saint, from the St. Louis Blues. The Blues, again, kudos to armstrong he's admitting he's admitting that it's not their year and he's going to move some assets and he's going to build for the future love that shit moving around Uh, yep so uh zach dean going to the st louis blues i don't know too much about zach dean i know that he was kind of an up-and-comer but uh going to the st louis blues that'll help out their prospect pipeline and ian barbashev going to the vegas who i think if i'm not mistaken the blues were gonna let walk anyway yeah so at least they're getting something for it and it does help vegas's you know, six. bottom bottom six, yeah. Uh, I think if he's playing in a top six, then there's a problem. <laughs> sure. Um, Barbashev is not that good, but he's he's a solid guy. He's a solid guy, and I and I'm if I'm not mistaken, he's got a cup to his name. It really does a lot for the community, probably. Probably, probably. Um, all right, I'm gonna let you take on this one. Let's go to the major trade, February 26th. Uh, whole schmorkus board of names and picks going back and forth between the Devils and the Sharks. Oh, all right. You you waited to let me have the fucking what is this? Fourteen player or fourteen? I, I hacked things? through all the all the small useless ones. You 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 start us off on the on the first big major one. You're talking about Jack Johnson to the Colorado Avalanche, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So this is the this is the Timo Meyer trade here. So from New Jersey, uh, sending over really a pretty underwhelming. We talked about it a little bit. A pretty underwhelming return, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you know, even even a few of the Devils fans that we know kind of kind of commented on it uh, on the on the Devils podcast, right? This this was pretty underwhelming in general from a Devils standpoint going back to San Jose. Uh, but I think I think they're kind of just taking a, you know, San Jose Greer was probably just kind of thinking we'll see. Right, like maybe some of these guys pan out. Uh, they did get uh, Andreas Johnson, who just has kind of bounced around a little bit, but I think probably still has a little bit left in the tank to where, you know, who knows? He could get over there and 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 be a nice. Honestly, he's realistically he's a, uh, you know, he hits the cap floor for them next year, right? Um, Shakir, not gonna try to say his last name. Or yes, I am Makamagdulin. yeah, sure. There you go. Uh, it's actually he was a he was a pretty decent uh, drafted a little higher than I think a lot of people had him a couple years back, maybe even last year if I'm thinking correctly. Uh, but a giant defenseman, he's absolutely massive. Um, Nikita Okutiuk, another defenseman. Uh, Fabian Zetterlin, that's a, that's a pretty decent decent get. So I think prospect wise, you're looking at Makmadulin and and Zetterlin as kind of the pieces coming back. Uh, a 2023 first round pick, which this had to be included, a conditional 2024 first round pick, which I think, you know, 
depending on the conditions and things like that, you're basically getting two first round picks in the next two drafts for Timo yeah. Meyer, which is still still pretty damn good. That's not bad. Uh, and then a, and then a 2024 seventh round pick. So real, I mean, realistically, if I'm a Sharks fan, would I have liked to see the two guys that were rumored to be going to San Jose uh, before the trade was actually official in Dawson Mercer or? Um, Oh, what's that guy's name? Freaking Holtz, Alexander Holtz. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I would love for him to have been in there, um, you know. And, and yeah, who knows why he wasn't, or either of them weren't. Uh, I mean, yeah. If I'm the Sharks, one of those guys needed to come back. There's honestly no excuse. No. Um, yeah. So, so a little underwhelming for the Sharks, but you still get two first round picks in the next two years when you're clearly finally because Greer is in in the in the helm saying that it is rebuild time. Um, so two first-round picks aren't going aren't gonna to hurt you. Uh, but going back to the Devils, actually a lot of people, which is really interesting, we kind of thought it would just be a Timo Meyer is the only only part of it. Uh, but they did get... Uh, so Timo Meyer going to New Jersey, which is, makes their top six very nice. Yep. Uh, Scott Harrington, who I believe they put instantly on waivers. Uh, Santeri Hataka. Uh, nobody, a teamer... Abrigimov, an absolute that's, nobody. That's not a real person. That's fake. That that's is a, a that's a NHL. name that they just put on there for cap reasons. Yeah, Google name generator <laughs> created it. Exactly. Uh, Zachary Emond, who's a goalie, and then a 2024 fifth round pick. Uh, it's always funny to me when they throw these like just late round picks in the next draft. These these have to be like AHL and ECHL fillers. Like, there's no yeah. way that any of these other guys, like Timo Meyer, is is the top top guy on this oh big time. um yeah what do you what do you think about this one i think this is this this was he was the bell of the ball for yeah. forwards you know besides i'm gonna say i'm first off i'm gonna rule this as a win for new jersey yeah big time. um i'm not saying that the hall is bad for san jose but the fact that new jersey was able to pull this off a competing against some other teams that were offering their own packages and b not subtracting anything from their current roster yeah that's a fine piece of work right there. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. There and and you know what? I appreciate the shit out of the. I, usually we're bashing GMs, and right now I've got nothing but good things about. I, I've said I've just been. God, I'm too nice right now. Maybe it's the coffee instead of the alcohol. But um, the Devils, like they, we came into the season thinking the Devils were going to be bad, bad, bad to okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. They're they're in the thick of it now, and instead of doing what Ron Francis is doing, where like, oh, I, we're gonna stick to the plan, you know, it doesn't matter that we're good. New Jersey's ever like, no, you know what? Fuck it. We are. We have been wanting this. We want to make the playoffs. We want to make a splash. We're gonna. We are good, and we're gonna get better. Yep. And they're they're taking a fucking swing, and nothing more. Nothing gets us harder on the Dusty Bender podcast than a GM that's fucking swinging for the fences. Yeah, swinging is his thing around swinging that fucking meat stick yeah yeah and that's exactly what he's doing big trade and i mean who knows so i think one of the things uh devils didn't really or you know people didn't really know if devils will be able to sign him but Mm -hmm. man with jack hughes and nico he and some of those guys that they have there like if they can fit timo meyer into a cap uh, i mean he's gonna want to stay there i mean there's there's good young talent, and if they make a splash, if they even even if they're bouncing the first round, but play a hard series against against the Rangers, I mean that is a very promising team. Uh, there's a very good chance Timo sticks around. So 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, great move by the Devils, I think. The fact that they were able to pull it off without having to lose Mercer too was pretty good because that was Crazy. initially that was initially reported as like one of the one of the moving points was they wanted Mercer. Well, yeah, um, which they should. They should. Yeah. yeah, who's popping off now. So, uh good good for the Devils for being able to pull this off. Um I'm not sure why this is uh, TSN classifies this as a major trade even though it's not. It's like the it's like the Tampa Bay Lightning made it a big trade. Mm-hmm. Um February 26th, probably the most shocking trade of the uh, shocking in terms of just like value going back yeah. and forth mm-hmm. um am i pronouncing this right tanner janot i've heard it Jean- i've heard it Jano, but you okay tanner Jano. um what would you yeah. say a, a capable middle six guy middle six i mean he capable Dave, middle he's, six guy yeah, reliable he, yeah yeah but 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 for all intents and purposes a, a depth guy yeah more more of a glue guy not necessarily a needle mover Definitely. Um, goes to the Tampa Bay Lightning to kind of round out their bottom six for defenseman Calfoot, a 2023 fifth round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, a 2023 third round pick, a 2024 second round pick, and a 2025 first round pick. Holy fuck. Yeah. Uh, I I think everybody, like, uh, it was, it was uh, who's one of the... Um, one of the main hockey commentators on Twitter, he's always on. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Friedman, maybe. Um, they, they put out a quote from one of the GMs, or it was a scout or somebody, when they saw the return, they're like, like their jaws are on the floor when they heard this trade. Like, it's like Tampa didn't want any of their picks. They were just sick of drafting. Yeah, and it's it just, I don't, you, you, you and I talked about this before the mic went on. Like, Tampa Bay knows what they wanted, and they were going to, do whatever they needed to do to get it. Uh, it's boy. it's honestly it's like it's it's like Nashville basically was just like, oh yeah yeah yeah. So we're at the fifth, fourth, third, and second. What do you think? I mean, what do you think about twenty twenty five first round right. pick? You need that? And they're right. like, no, we don't. No. Like, whatever you want for Janelle, like we'll just fuck we'll the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it, to me, this is just crazy. It's nuts. It's it's and, absolutely nuts. It, the only defense here is that. Tampa's done this shit in the past, and like with Corey Perry and Patrick Maroon and whatnot. And everybody goes this, does the same thing. We're like, that's fucking dumb. He is washed up. And then they come in and they score like the two goal, like the overtime goal against Toronto or some right, horse shit. Right. And, and it, it makes us look dumb. So, I mean, yeah, on the surface, on paper, on looking at this, yeah, this is a, this is a dumb trade by Tampa, but they've shoved it up our hoop in the past. Maybe they know what they're doing. Yeah, and what's crazy is like Calfoot. Calfoot is actually like he was a pretty touted prospect for a little bit too, hmm. and so it's just like they probably just knew they couldn't sign him. I mean, I yeah, I mean with Sergachev, no and, money, and yeah, contracts that on the back end, like there's just no way. But yeah, it's a crazy haul for Nashville. Yeah, it's just um, you ever seen the changeup? It's with uh, Ryan Reynolds. So one of the one of his things is like uh, so he goes into the board meeting and he's like. He's like, you, he's like, you won't be, it's crazy what I can get these girls to do with just asking. Right. And that to me is what Nashville did is they were just like, let's just send him like an idea of a prospect and five picks and see what he says. And and Tampa was like, yeah, no, that's fine. Just give it, just give it to him. Yeah, that's okay. Deal. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to be making runs for the next five years anyway. You're not even, you're not even going to counter? Nah. Nah, dude, that's that's cool. Yeah, you want to throw future considerations in there too, just for sure. shits and giggles? Why not? Okay. 
Why not? Yeah, I can do it. Yep. Um, jumping ahead, uh, God, they say the major trade here, but I mean, I guess this was this is what kicked off the Chicago Blackhawks' it's fire Canada. sale. Yeah. Um, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs received Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty and a uh, conditional 2024 fifth and a conditional 2025 fifth. Uh, in exchange, uh, sent him back to Chicago. Joey Anderson, Pavel Gugulev. That's a, a dope con- name, dude. Gugulev, yeah. Uh, conditional 2025 first and a 2026 second. Sure. Um, there's some conditions in there as well. Uh, this is the first kind of move that showed that Toronto wasn't fucking around and that, uh, Chicago was, is, well, we've kind of already know that they're fire sailing, but this was, this was the first step to it. Um, I actually saw, uh, for the Chicago Arizona game, I saw like the, on Twitter, I saw the pregame, uh, lineup for the Chicago and I have no idea who the fuck most of those people are. <laughs> Can you imagine Taves and Domi leave and they're like, like the announcer himself is having a hard time speaking. He's trying to say Pavel Gugulev like Dude, seventeen they're, times. They're not real people. I swear. I swear to God. It's it's got to be just fucking Rockford ice hugs on this team at this point. Fuck like there's yeah. I. It's that team is a ghost town. Um, they they certainly have a lot of picks though. So, so uh, random question for you though. Yeah. While we're kind of talking about it, yeah. is there so does the does the the cap floor? How it's like Chicago has to be below the cap floor now right does that um, just dissipate after the trade deadline money they've got i mean i know they're still sending money to seth jones they're paying him pretty well sure um are they still paying like duncan keith or something like that maybe i mean maybe i don't know i i would it, that, that's a cat friendly question but i would assume that they're clearing stuff out like there's nobody left that's good making any money i mean what yeah there's nobody that, that's they're not paying peter morazic dick so I don't it's I don't know. Weird. There, there can't so be anybody in, unless they're still paying like Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith and Patrick Sharp some like residuals or something. Maybe. Uh, no, I they've got to be Hosa. at or at or below. Yeah, I, it's just bizarre to me. Like it just we always talk about the cap, the cap for playoff teams, but man, there's no way Chicago has a roster that can hit the cap floor right now. There's no, no way. So- this is a bad team. It's like, crazy. This is, uh, but but it's by design. It's mm-hmm. by design. And no, you know what? Design, we'll yeah. we'll give them some kudos for embrace. The, I mean, I don't know. This might be an example of a bad rebuild where like you're not. I mean, this is not this is not like this is let's start with a couple guys like this is scorched earth. Like you got rid of fucking Debrinket and Kirby Doc. Yeah. As soon as they did that, it was it was over. Like that was that's this is scorched earth. So I don't I don't know. I feel like I feel like DeBrinket and Kirby Doc were could have been foundational pieces that you could have built around like for sure. the future. Um, and then you get rid of Cannon Taze. Now this is I, I mean this is like I said it's scorched earth. Like this team is they're they're trying to be very bad to to get Connor Bedard. This is a five to seven year rebuild. Yeah, and it's this and that sucks. That rebuild. sucks. You know what I it's hard to feel bad for Chicago fans because they had so many years of like incredible success. Sure. Um, but yeah, uh, well, Chicago, welcome back to the dead years because, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, maybe what, what's Tony Amante up to nowadays? I don't know. Chris Chelios going to fucking lace him up. Nikolai Javi Bulin. Yeah. Um, Just naming, naming off like early 2000s Chicago Blackhawks go. players. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 
So yeah, um, I, I think that, th so this is kind of the, it, there's not really much ground shaking here. Uh, at the end of the day, I think both teams kind of get what they want. The Maple Leafs were trying to sure up uh, some depth issues, mm -hmm. um, perceived depth issues anyway. And uh, the Blackhawks get some prospects and some picks, and that's pretty much all that they care about at the moment. So uh, I'll say both teams satisfied. Sure. Major trade, only because it's Canadian. Yeah, honestly. And it, it, it's it's one of those situations of, like, how does this affect the Leafs kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, real quick, we'll just hit on uh, February 28th, Jesse Pulley-Arvey going to the Hurricanes, uh, getting, getting another shot at uh, trying to be something that I think everybody thought he was going to be. Dude, he can go there and play third line minutes and, and figure his shit out for all we know. So. It's just, I think the guy had so much, pre like he was supposed to be, you know, Connor McDavid's wing. Mm -hmm. Like it was, like he was the destined one to do that. And it just, I think it was just too much. So um, I think, in a, you know, playing in a role where he's actually supposed to be, I think that's going to be pretty solid for him. Yep. Yep. I Big agree. Time. Cool. Um, Marcus Johansson, leaving the Washington Capitals, going to the Minnesota Wild for a 2024 third round pick. Uh, Capitals utilizing, utilizing their depth. They got, they've got a decent enough team. It's just not good enough to get them over the, over the hump yep. and uh, stacking up those picks. Uh, same, same in that same vein. Toronto adds Eric Gustafson. Big fan of Eric Gustafson. Wasn't, wasn't he? He's bounced around a little bit. He was with Chicago, and then he went up to like Calgary, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So he's he's bounced around a little bit. Uh, I've always been pretty big on Eric Gustafson. Uh, he he's got an offensive side to his game. Uh, so I I definitely think that that's it's kind of underrated. Uh, pretty good. So, um, going to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they're sending back Rasmus Sandin, which was a highly touted defenseman for the, the many Toronto fans spoke praises of Rasmus Sandin yeah. and a 20 and a 2023 first round pick. This is a uh, boy. Um, Another Capitals to, win, dude. Yeah. I hate to say it, but this is, this is a good, this is a good trade for the Capitals. Um, Gustafsson kind of, I believe, you know, close to rental territory. Yeah. So uh, Gustafsson going back. I mean, Gustafsson's going to help out the Maple Leafs for sure. Definitely. Um, but this is a fine piece of work by the Washington Capitals getting a first round pick and a, a highly touted defensive prospect, like right, not even prospect, like he's NHL ready. It's just, yeah, he mean, was, he was just never given a fair shake in Toronto. I mean, Riley went down for like a month or so and Sandine stepped into first power play. Yeah. Like the kid's ready to rock. And so he's, he's ready to go for next year and they get a fucking first round pick in this year's draft. Just, I mean, just a beautiful trade from Capitals. I, I like it for the Leafs too, but uh, yep. yeah, Capitals just fucking stacking them. Yep. Uh, kind of in that same vein, uh, because the world revolves around the Toronto Maple Leafs and hockey world, uh, Luke Shen goes to the Maple Leafs, another fucking name that could have went to the Kraken sure. because all, all the fucking Maple Leafs did to give up to get Luke Shen was a 2023 third round pick. Guess what? We have two of those. Yeah, in no, we need we need him no chance. I mean, the, we need you know. we need that we need that third round pick. Yeah, yeah absolutely. just imagine in five years, when... so many NHLers come from that third round. Yeah, imagine in in five years when the Kraken are ready to rock, that third round pick's gonna be going, dude. Oh my God, that's so good. I'm glad I'm glad we glad we held on to that instead of getting a defenseman that could have easily upgraded our blue line. Yeah, um, yeah. Going back to the Vancouver Canucks, uh, I mean, this is pretty underwhelming. Honestly, I thought uh, this is a good this is a good trade for the Maple Leaves. Yeah, I, I would have. Shen's going to round out their their bottom D and uh, help them out, whereas a third round pick is pretty much worth dick all to the yep. Vancouver Canucks. Sure. <laughs> Dude. 
Uh, it's it's just bad. I I don't know what Vancouver's doing. I have, they're they're like they can't they even get they can't even get being bad right, dude. <laughs> they're bad at being bad. Yeah. Or are they good at being bad? Maybe they're good at being bad. Ugh. If they were good at being bad, they'd at least be getting some good returns. Sure. Um, not giving up first trade. round picks. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the, basically, now at this point, the whole hockey world has been like, oh shit, things are things are fucking popping off. Uh, Matthias Ekholm. Going to the Edmonton Oilers and a 2024 six-round pick in exchange for Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, 2023 first, and a 2024 fourth going back to Nashville. Uh, what do you think about this? I think this makes Edmonton a much better team. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, that This is I – mean, we've we've preached all year that this and, – and for 100 episodes of this podcast – Edmonton needs defense and Ekholm is Ekholm is a very good two-way guy. Yeah. Right? Like he oh, can yeah. he can put the puck in the back of the net, but he also is a good he's not a defensive liability. This is one I think it was a you know, Ekholm probably, you know, we talked about it a little bit for the Kraken. But I think 2023 first round pick is it's not rich for what Ekholm's worth, mm-hmm. but I think thinking of Francis and how he likes to to play with his draft picks I think he was never going to give that away. No, and I wouldn't have paid that price either uh, for Ekholm. I think my frustration comes more like we've already named three to four different defensive names on this list that we could have easily been okay with. Yeah. Um, This price, no, I wouldn't have. Like if if this was opposed to Ron Francis, I'd be okay with him turning that down. But God, there's so many names on this list that we could have easily picked up, still had plenty of draft capital and and improved this roster. Anyway, um, I think that this is probably, you know, Matias Ekholm going to the Edmonton Oilers improves their defense, like you said. And then I, I think, honestly, the more bigger value here is the picks going to Nashville. Um, Tyson Berry, the, the the curse of Chance Watson, like he's, he still hears in the back of his mind. Uh, Chan, li, little little teenage Chance Watson behind the Kamloops Blazers bench going, mm-hmm. hey, Berry sucks. Yeah, he definitely, that's in his head. Yeah, it's definitely following him uh, since his time in the WHL. Yeah, no, that's definitely, he still has nightmares about it. Yeah, that's, that's definitely it. I don't know if I ever told that story on the show. Yeah, I I, I like, actually, I don't mind this for Preds, because yeah. Barry can play more of a top four role next year behind Yossi, which I think is good for Barry. Yeah. Um, power play, second power play guy. But and that he's first got an round offensive pick, side, so. Yeah, that first round pick is nice for them. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, yeah, so February 28th, we're going to jump up to the big one. Uh, Gustav Nyquist did go to the Minnesota Wild from the Columbus Blue Jackets for a fifth-round pick, but that nobody really cares about. Uh, the major trade on February 28th, besides the Ekholm trade and a, and a few others, uh, Patrick Kane is now a New York Ranger, along yep. with Cooper Zeck, who is a defenseman. Uh, both of those guys going from the Blackhawks to the Rangers. Uh, really for, and I think, I think we talked about this. I think Chicago kind of had their hands tied a little bit on this yeah. one. This so. is unsurprisingly an underwhelming trade, uh, for them. Uh, the Kane could have basically Kane dictated everything here cause he held all the cards. Um, yeah. he wanted to go to New York and if that's his only team, Chicago's choices were to either let Kane walk or get something. And this is, this is it. So, uh, no, the, the is this a fair return for Patrick Kane? A- absolutely not. No. But when you're choice between this versus 
letting him walk in free agency, he, I mean, you got to take it, I guess. Yeah, and and the Coyotes, he did uh, technically play for the Coyotes for, you know, all of probably about a minute. Right. Uh, so the Coyotes were also involved in this just for some some salary retention and that kind of shit. Yep. Uh, but the Blackhawks got Andy Walensky, uh, pretty much a nobody. I think he actually played with the the Duckies for a little bit, just a mm-hmm. just a nobody. Uh, conditional twenty twenty three second round pick and then a twenty twenty five fourth round pick. So again, very underwhelming for Chicago. But yep. yeah, they, their hands were very tied, I think. And so yeah, that's kind of why we saw this one. This is a great improvement. Okay, so. Is this a good thing for the Rangers? Yes. Is this what they needed to improve on? No. No. Uh, this is just going to... This just adds to their strength. Like, they were already a solid top six team. Now they're even a more solid top six team. Yeah. Um, and, and that'll push the depth down a little bit, which which helps. I'm, I'm not saying adding Patrick Kane doesn't help the New York Rangers. I'm just saying, like, there were other issues on this team that probably could have needed to be addressed, and adding Patrick Kane doesn't necessarily do that. Yeah, I think they still probably needed a top four D over a Patrick Kane. Yeah, but Chicago, Chicago, and the Rangers just wanted to work something out, probably for yep. Patty, which I think is fine. Yeah, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, uh, interesting trade. It's it'll be interesting to see him in something other than Chicago colors. I think that's going to be the weirdest thing for everybody. Very strange, especially him wearing eighty eight. It's going to be strange. Oh no, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. It doesn't sit well. What if they had um, an eighty eight on the Rangers? You think they would right. give it to him? Right. Uh, speaking of things that don't sit well, uh, trade that broke kind of late in the day. I saw this yeah. after I got off the ice from my beer league game. Uh, boy, this one, this one's just so hard to swallow almost. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, uh, the defenseman from the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, long touted, talked about he was teased to go to Boston for a little bit, ends up going to the LA Kings, also sending over Jonas Corposalo, uh, journeyman goaltender from the the columbus blue jackets um i wouldn't he's reliable i think i think and on i think on a better team Jonas corposalo might flourish a little bit he's not an elite goaltender so he can't you know carry a team on his back like gibby or something but i think with a better defense and a better team in front of him Jonas corposalo could probably he'll he'll definitely compete with phoenix copley for minutes definitely so uh might maybe maybe getting a timeshare there uh but Strangely, uh, in exchange, the Columbus Blue Jackets take on a conditional 2023 first-round pick, okay, 2024 third-round pick, and Jonathan Quick, uh, career Stanley Cup winning hero of Los Angeles, Jonathan Quick. Um, Reading into this, uh, another shock and awe across the league, um, and it sounds like the Columbus Blue Jackets had absolutely no interest in Jonathan Quick, but they had to take him for cap reasons. Yeah. So um, the the word is the word on the street is that the Columbus Blue Jackets are already trying to find a new home for Jonathan Quick. Uh, Good. Early word on the street is Vegas, which would be just hilarious. Sure. <laughs> um, if they if they meet in the playoffs, so um, we'll see how that goes. But boy, I it's it's almost hard to even talk about the actual trade because you want to sit here and talk about how the LA Kings just did Jonathan quick dirty. Like I, I, I saw a meme of like Dustin Brown gets a fucking statue and Jonathan quick gets sent to Ohio. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, but it's true though. Like it, it just, I don't know. I understand. I, I understand this a business, but God damn, you couldn't, you couldn't have chipped out some other, you couldn't have done anything else. 
It just and and sending him to Columbus of all places. Fuck. Have some respect for the guy. Get a third team involved and send him somewhere that actually might have a chance. Yeah, this this seemed like a rush job. But I mean, this is a this is a package and I kind of brought it up a little bit earlier. This is a package that this is exactly what the Seattle Kraken needed. Yep. And they they couldn't get something like this done. So, yep. uh, yeah, LA kudos kudos to Rob Blake there. I think this is this is perfect for their team because yeah, I I texted you last night. I hadn't I hadn't seen any info on you know where Corpse was going or anything or where Gavrikov was going anything like that. I know Chikrin was actually linked to the Kings for a little bit there too. So I know they were looking for a D. But yeah. I just basically watching that game against the Jets last night. You know, as much as I love you know the Alaska boy Phoenix Copley. Jesus, they need some fucking goaltending help. So yeah. uh, I just texted you blindly and said Corpus Allo's going here, and sure as shit, there he went. So There he goes. Um, we had no idea about Jonathan Quick. Yeah, Jonathan Quick we didn't know about going back the other way, which, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Goalies are, you know, they're, they're limited on the amount of goalies they can have, right? So right. Um, it kind of makes sense. Uh, 2023 first-round pick conditional for the Columbus Blue Jackets and then a 2024 third-round pick as well. So... Yeah, I mean a good a good move from Columbus to essentially get rid of their backup goalie. Like they didn't even oh, have to mer- move Merzlikens. On on just a paper thing, this is a good trade for both teams. Like mm-hmm. Gavrikov's going to help out the Kings on that blue line. Corpusello is going to help provide some stability in that net, just in case Phoenix Copley isn't for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Columbus getting a first round pick, which is great. A third round pick, which is satisfactory. And then you can flip Jonathan Quick. Yeah. I mean, they could like get a second for for probably yeah they'll probably get a second round pick for Jonathan Quick which is great which is great and yeah. and you'll probably have to retain some salary but you're in a rebuild and that's kind of what you do when you're doing that so sure not a huge deal um real quick skipping ahead we've got Lars Eller going to the Colorado Avalanche for a 2025 second round pick uh, this is one of those again uh, kind of don't really care about it from the trades perspective but when what you know when you're sitting here looking at the Kraken of why the fuck they didn't do something like this. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we needed Lars Eller. I'm not saying we needed another center. But for a 2025 second round pick, yeah, yeah fucking something. get Lars Eller. <laughs> yeah, do something, dude. Yeah, get Jesus. Lars Eller. Dude, so, yeah, I can't even I can't even fucking say 2025 10 times no, fast. No, we're not going to fuck, there's a good chance we're not going to be here in 2025. Sure. It's not it's that's that's made up. That's not real. Yeah. That's that's like Futurama shit. <laughs> it's fucking it sure is just trading away like a tw- all your 2025 picks like you know something <laughs> oh i'm pretty that 2025 draft is gonna be fucking stacked just start you just start <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking sucker i know 16 year olds that are just gonna be it's like, it's like that it's like that parks and rec episode where the where the where the uh the end of the world people mm-hmm yeah, uh, Selling them the recorders. The, the yeah, the, the recorders. He's like, will you guys take a check? Sure. <laughs> you can cash it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can cash that in 2025. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Little does he know that Gary Bettman's just going to... If there's, if I'm not the commissioner of the league, no one will. And he just fucking ruins everything. Good. They tur- it turns into football or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's another it's another golf league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. He's 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 the next Batman villain. There you go. Oh shit. Okay, so uh getting up to the three defensemen we already talked about. We don't need to repeat ourselves on that. 
Um, kind of rounding out the day here, uh, last but not least, ter- uh, Teddy Bluger going off to the Vegas Golden Knights, adding to their depth. Kind of uh, kudos to the Golden Knights not blowing you know the $9 million they got in LTIR on stone they're actually adding some depth and uh you know plugging some holes I, I think that that's good yep um they're sending somebody named peter debilit debilator debilator the debilator debilator the defibrillator something like that and uh and a 2024 third round pick god i can't imagine vegas has any picks left um it seems that's like all they had left. left that's that's the only reason that they're not making Moves for their nine point five and they LTIR because they literally have, no have nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> God damn it. Oh uh, yeah. So going there, uh, good trade for them, and I think Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, see this. This is where I'm getting pissed. Like Pittsburgh won't give up. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about it. We kind of talked about it before. Uh, if if almost any of the Western Conference teams, aside from Colorado, if they make it to the Western Conference final. Hell, if they make it to the Stanley Cup final and get, you know, spanked in five, it's still a win. The season was... An, if the Kraken make it to the Stanley Cup final, that is a fucking success. Yeah. That is more than a success. Everybody is happy. Matty Beneers just got playoff experience. Oh, he just got playoff experience. He He's guaranteed the Calder. Like, it's everything... Like, if that happens, if Dallas makes it there, it's a, it's a win. If Winnipeg does it, that's a win. All of those teams making it just to the Stanley Cup final would be a fucking successful season west is okay, playing we, with house money dude yeah we got we got beat by the juggernaut boston bruins in five in the stanley cup final it happens we still had a great year no shame mm-hmm. pittsburgh is not that team right pittsburgh is not that team where like they're like they're moving pieces around but they can't decide whether they want to be buyers or sellers like so coming up they pick up marcus uh mikhail grandland from the nashville predators for a 2023 second round pick I, I don't understand this logic. Are you are you selling or are you adding? And if you're adding, what's your end goal? Do you genuinely think that you're going to beat the Boston Bruins? Or are you going to beat the Carolina Hurricanes? Are they're you going to re- beat the... They're retooling okay. in a wild card race. But, but they're not a team. If Ottawa or Detroit makes the playoffs, that's a huge win. Like... That's playoff experience for the young guys. They haven't done it in a while. You got in. You you you're gonna lose to the the top seeded teams, but you know what? You made the playoffs. That's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Making the playoffs for the Pittsburgh Penguins and getting bounced in the first round means nothing. All it is is just a cold reminder that this team is a shell of its former self. It's just a cold reminder that you're gonna miss the playoffs next year. <laughs> right. Like all it all, all it does is you're. I mean, all you're doing is trying to make me like soothe Sidney Crosby's soul because he doesn't want to be on a, a down team anymore. I, I don't know. I just don't Bizarre. I don't see any of the point of this. So if you're going to be sellers, be sellers. Or if you're going to be buyers, be buyers. Yeah. But this weird, like, we're going to sell people, but we're also going to, we're going to add, like, I don't know. I just, I look at this Pittsburgh roster and they're, even if they make the playoffs, it, they're not beating whoever they play. No, they're not. No, they're gonna. They're in fact they they're looking at getting swept. Yeah, I mean you're they're they're closer to being swept in the first round than they are to falling down. You know, like it's just yeah. To me, to me, they should they should have been in a Capitals situation and they just didn't. That top wild card spot, you're playing bot. Uh, you're playing the Carolina Hurricanes and you're gonna lose. Yep. You're playing if you're in the bottom wild card spot, you're playing Boston. You're definitely gonna lose. Yep. Yep. 
Like you're not beating. So I guess what I'm saying is like have expectations for your team. Clawing your way into the playoffs only for an inevitable first round exit for the Pittsburgh Penguins is not an accomplishment. No. For the for the Buff for the Buffalo Sabres, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Ottawa oh, Senators, yeah. that's a huge win. That's a huge you made the fucking playoffs for the first time in a while. It shows that you're making progress. Yeah. No one expects you to beat the Boston Bruins, but the fact that you were able to get scrappy enough and pull yourself into the play, that's a, that is progress. Right. I mean Pittsburgh, but the, Pittsburgh yeah. has nothing to prove. And Pittsburgh like, has nothing not. in in their prospect covered either. No. So like why not stock that up on a year where you you know you're not going to be able to compete against these teams who just loaded their entire rosters to to beat the shit out of each other? Like, why not get rid of some guys like Brian Rust or a Jake Gensel or like, I just it makes no absolutely no sense to me. But um, I, apparently they're going for it with Michael fucking Granlund, so good for them. But. Yeah, well, that pretty much rounds out the trades, though. I don't, I don't yeah, think there was anything. It. Well, I mean, it doesn't round out the trades. We're gonna get fucking. We're oh. still not even. We're still yeah. We're still uh, two, two days, days away from the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah. That's but that's great. just I, the fact that we just went through basically a day's worth of trades, and we're not even at the deadline yet. Shows how it's crazy, crazy this has been. It's yeah. crazy. It's only gonna get it. crazy. Love it as hockey fans. Oh yeah, I mean, you just—it's Christmas. I sent you that. I sent you that gif. It's fucking. It's Christmas. Christmas. Yep. It's second Christmas absolutely i can't wait for it and uh christ we're gonna have a great future considerations episode for you 100 mm-hmm. percent. big time that's gonna oh that's that's exciting well everybody thanks for listening in i hope you guys enjoyed episode 100 it's a huge milestone for us uh we are very appreciative for all of our listeners uh god without you guys we would just be talking to ourselves bullshitting about hockey uh to thin air and uh it's we, we hope you guys are having fun we hope you guys enjoy what you're listening to hope you guys are getting a little informed and having some laughs and uh boy that's i think that's about it wells you got anything else no one wants to listen to us talk to ourselves so no yeah no it can't no be our, our, our girlfriends don't even listen to our show that's right no our girlfriends don't even listen to us <laughs> <laughs> so you know uh, it is what it is it's it's understandable i guess yeah fair definitely all right everybody thanks again for listening in and we'll see you after the trade deadline next tuesday or wednesday